If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, this is Beverly Mitchell, Laura from Saw 2, and of course, Lucy from 7th Heaven, and you're listening to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. My name is Kaylee Ann Russell. The purpose of today's experiment is to prove that the object behind me is responsible for at least 45 deaths in the four centuries of its recorded existence. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist it's nico brian mike and dustin and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world welcome to the don't go out there horror movie podcast welcome back everybody to the don't go out there horror movie review podcast just want to thank all our fans and listeners we really appreciate the support before we jump into tonight's film review, we're just going to give a quick shout out to our social media. You know, we got the big three, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, at Don't Go Out There. Just search for that and you'll find us. You'll see Brian's awesome artwork. And just giving a quick shout out to our website, same thing, don'tgooutthere.com. We got all of our episodes, our store, uh, interviews, celebrity shout outs. It's all on there if you want to check that out. And tonight we have a, a guest on the show, a returning guest, Crystal from the Horror Nights In podcast. And tonight she, we're reviewing a movie she picked, Oculus. Crystal, go ahead and tell us why you picked Oculus and give us a general overview of it. Okay. Uh, hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me on again. Um, I do apologize to your audience. I, <laughs> my voice is not as, <laughs> doesn't sound as good as it usually does. Uh, but I'm going to do my best here. So the reason why I picked Oculus is because I actually haven't done this movie on um, my platform yet. And I really feel this film needed more than just me talking about it. Because I feel like um, everybody, I feel at least in the horror community, had so many different opinions on this film. So I wanted to kind of save it to talk to a group of people who, um, either feel the same way or don't feel the same way. And I think it's just always been on my list, but I kind of held off for a while. So this is why when Nico and I were talking, I was like, we're going to do Oculus. So I'm really excited. Well, if you want a mixture, this is definitely the podcast to be on. Yeah, exactly. That's why that's why we were talking. I was like, we're. I I had a different film I wanted to do, but then I was like, you know what? Let's do Oculus because I haven't done that one yet. So, all right. My quick general overview is: I remember the first time I watched this movie. It might have been on Netflix, honestly, a few years back. Uh, really interesting concept. 
that's kind of a pro and a con to me whenever we get into our rating, the concept of the movie. Uh, I think the acting is great in this movie, personally. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of confusing, honestly, at the at the end, just, you know, when they jump from kid to grown-up, kid to grown-up. But it's, it's, a fun, it's a fun movie to watch. It's a very interesting movie to watch. And the first one I watched it, the ending was kind of holy shit worthy because I wasn't expecting what happened. Uh, really, really like this movie though. Uh, Dustin, do you want to go next? Yeah, I'll go next. Um, I had never seen this movie until, uh, I guess at the tail end of last week, I watched it. Uh, I've watched it a couple times since then. I agree with the thought that it's it's an interesting concept. It when I read the description, I was like, okay, this this seems cool. The the issue that I had with the movie was I feel like the nonlinear storytelling at the end jumbled it and it, it became a bit of a clusterfuck to me. Now I still, once I, once I watched it the second time through, I appreciated it more than the first time. So I'm glad I did give it a second watch before we, uh, we did this, but to me it kind of had, it was too busy in the, in the closing scenes and not busy enough, I guess in the beginning to, uh, to make it make it work as well as it could have, I love the casting. I mm-hmm. thought that uh, they knocked it out of the park with the casting because you didn't have a bunch of well knowns. You went with relatively unknowns. I mean, Karen Gillan. This was her first uh, American film that she did, and by doing that, you give a lot of people a, a platform to to show and prove themselves that people aren't familiar with. But you also don't go into it thinking, you know, when you when you see an actor's or an actress's name, sometimes you have your mind made up about what their role is going to be. But by going with unknowns, their characters do all the talking. And I think that they did a good job in the casting of this film. Overall, I did enjoy it. I have some criticisms, which we'll get to, but I actually, I kind of liked it upon second watch. Yeah. um, I'd never seen this movie until this week either. And, uh, and honestly, I loved it. I mean, it's just a simple idea. Um, but the lack of backstory for the mirror and to me, like the interweaving of the past and the present is so well done. Um, I thought like Dustin, Katie Sackhoff and Karen Gillan really stole the show um, in this movie and, and really show on honestly, like why they went on to uh, to do even bigger things. Um, the uh, the coolest thing, I think, is that there's you know, there's two ways to you can view this film. Um, you know, you can ho- look at it as a, a horror with like a paranormal mirror which i know mike isn't a fan of spoiler alert but uh or just you know or you can look at it as like a family going crazy like you know amityville type so i really liked it a lot and i'm looking forward to getting into it yeah it's a real interesting take on you know the the mirrors subgenre of horror you know what i'm saying uh mike is not with us right now he's probably going to join us in a few minutes uh so we'll let him catch up whenever he jumps in y'all ready to jump into scene by scene y'all Friday. let's do it all right, the film starts with young Kaylee and Tim, and they run out of room as they see their dad with a gun. They see a ghost-like person, and their dad holds a gun towards Kaylee's face. He shoots, but it cuts to a grown Tim, who is telling his story to doctors. He's deemed a healthy, safe adult who will be discharged his 21st birthday out of the mental facility he's in. Kaylee walks into an auction room where she looks shook somewhat. When she sees a mirror, Tim leaves the mental facility where he's greeted by his sister, Kaylee. She gives him his half of the estate at lunch. They start to catch up. She tells him she found it. She says they only have a few days to kill it. Eleven years earlier, we see young Kaylee and Tim with their parents, Alan and Marie. They're moving into their home. 
They have fun playing laser tag, and we see Amir brought into the dad's office, Alan. Kaylee takes Tim to his motel. Now, this is where they're grown up. She tells them, you promised that you to never forget, and it's going down tomorrow night, and she could use his help. Marie is looking at her scar, and Alan looks at it by... <laughs> And he looks at it by kissing on her body, and he's starting to make moves on her. Alan goes to get a juice box at night, and he stubs his toe on, like, some of the moving boxes. And we see a quick ghost-like woman in the hallway. He goes to his office and notices the juice on his shirt. Kaylee and Michael are in bed. She wakes up when she hears a dog bark. She looks at herself in a mirror and approaches it. She turns, and her dad is there and is choking her. She awakes in a panic because she was having a nightmare. And her husband, Michael, calms her down. That's just the first two opening scenes. Uh, Brian? Like, the very first thing I have is, let me ask, you know, he's going to be let go because he's dreaming of shooting his sister, and that's <laughs> progress. So now he can be let go. So I'm just making sure I'm understanding. <laughs> um, and, you know, fast fact here, you know, apparently this movie could have been backed, you know, as early as 2006, but the studios wanted uh, director Mike Flanagan to agree to film it in the uh, quote-unquote found footage genre but he refused um and i'm really glad he didn't you know it helps this movie stand out and i think he you know had he done that it would have just kind of been knocked to the side by you know the paranormal activity franchise and stuff like that that's kind of continued on and gotten bigger um you know dustin touched on this a little bit but obviously she's she's huge now being in the marvel films as nebula but you know this being her first role like a uh, first american role like dustin said i'm always it always amazes me when actors and actresses get rid of their accent the way they do um, and that scene with Kaylee and Tim at lunch and, you know, the music and the way she played those lines, I found it with that intense music. I mean, that's that's another thing. The soundtrack in this movie to me is amazing. Um, I said it a little bit in the opening, too. I love Katie Sackhoff. I'm a big Battlestar Galactica fan of the series that she was in, not the old ones. But and I honestly love her and everything she's been in. She was even a bright spot in Halloween Resurrection. But, you know, we won't get too much into that movie. But um, <laughs> this may be her uh, her best performance I've ever seen of anything she's been in, to me, honestly. Um, to me, though, I will say that they I don't think that they got the casting for Alan quite right. Um, nothing against Rory Cochran, but it just doesn't seem I don't know. Like, to me, I don't really believe him and Marie, Katie Sackhoff, very honestly. And uh, and lastly, you know, I can also say that, you know, when Alan sees Mar is it Marcel? Marcel? I can't pronounce yeah. it. Marisol. Um for the first time, the lack of that typical quote unquote jump scare music, I loved that. And I think it happens a couple of times here, you know, in this movie. And it really adds to the creepiness of it and I, I really enjoy that. Go ahead, Crystal. What are your thoughts on the first two scenes? Um <clears throat> So I really feel like I would be like Kaylee um, because I'm obsessed with like knowing who, what, why, when, how. Um, the thing is, though, I probably wouldn't drag my siblings with me, though. I would probably kind of like do it by myself and be like, I'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. Like, just keep calling me, making sure I'm OK. Um, I loved the character of Kaylee because I really like I said, she was obsessed with something, a little bit too obsessed with it, of course, in my opinion. Um, there were definitely some cheesy lines in the beginning from her when she said, like, oh, she said something about the mirror being hungry. And the thing is, like, 
the mirror, we never saw the mirror eat anybody. So I understand that it was probably more of a figurative line instead of a literal line. The only thing that we really saw it eat was maybe the dog, but we never got clarification on that. Um, so there were definitely some cheesy lines in the beginning from her. But overall, I feel I love the fact that she was just this like brilliantly bold female character who was like this is what we're gonna do and we're gonna figure this out together because i feel like that's what i would do in this situation but yeah the music is actually really good i i was watching something about it earlier how they wanted it to be um similar to like the thing and how the music um was just a couple notes here and there but it was like just enough for it to be jarring so i thought that was really interesting how they did that um so, yeah, I liked the first couple scenes, but it was very quick. It was kind of just like, he's in the mental institution, he's getting out, they're going to lunch, then they're going to do this. So, but I liked it. So, I've been big in the past in my reviews about needing the tone to be set early in the film and needing it to grab my attention from the get-go. I think that they did exactly that in these scenes. They caught you up in a quick in a hurry like uh crystal said there it's you go from he's here to he's out to you know here's the story but it it works for me i do question that doctor's uh credentials like like brian (laughs) said just you know what you're dreaming about killing your sister you've never had that part of your dream but i think you're okay like that's (laughs) that makes you okay okay. (laughs) so uh i do question that his uh his legitimacy as a, as a healthcare provider. But um, I like the opening scenes. I like how they, uh, they, they do the flashbacks here. I think it works here because it's clear. It's defined. Here's a flashback. <laughs> here's, here's current present day. And it doesn't jumble. Like I mentioned, it does kind of in the, in the end of the film. Um, I think that the, the scenes with the father here, I picked up a lot of it reminded me of Jack Nicholson's character in The Shining once you see the whole thing because as he becomes possessed or goes insane whatever uh, it's it's kind of that same storyline like he's supposed to be this family guy who loves his family in the first of the film and then he just loses it and he's the villain but I don't think that they did a good enough job in this opening scene of making me like him as a character for as much as I hate him later on I wish that because even, even in these scenes, he's kind of detached. You know, they, they move in, and she's like, were you just going to let me find the visa bill? He goes, well, I was hoping to make that up to you with a three-piece vanity. Like, if he would have been more playful, been more loving and nurturing in those scenes with his dialogue, with his character, I think that I would have appreciated it more. But overall, I don't think it t- takes away from these first two scenes. I actually really like these this uh, opening segment of the movie. See, I agree with you, and I think that's probably why I have a – like thinking, man, maybe he was miscast. I don't know, but maybe he was playing it like he was supposed to. I don't know, but maybe that's, right. uh, but I, I felt the same way about him. Yeah, I didn't like the dad at all, but it also, maybe it's because it reminded me of my dad. We're not getting into a therapy session right now, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but there were definitely points. Cause like my dad has an office in my parents' house and he was always like, don't go in the office. That's my office. If you need to go in there, you have to ask me first. So I think that's probably why I right off the bat just didn't like the dad at all because it's like, 
it's just an office. Like it doesn't need to be this huge thing. Um, so that's why I immediately felt sympathy towards the mother and also towards the kids because the dad, oh, the thing also too, we didn't really know how the dad was before they moved into this particular house either without the mirror. Um, right. So we didn't know if he, maybe he was like this loving, awesome, caring dad. And then all of a sudden, as soon as he was put in the same place as this mirror, he automatically was, you know, possessed or however you want to look at it from your point of view. So I think that's maybe that was one of the things they could have added maybe to see, or even if it was just a line from the kids saying like, what happened to dad? Like dad is acting weird. And I know that they do talk about it a little bit, but like. I feel, yeah, I definitely didn't like the dad. I had so much sympathy towards the mother and the kids in this film, so. Yep. All right, brother Roy Cochran. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan. I, I'm one of the only four, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, next day, Michael tells her she got her, <laughs> she got her own printer so the others won't see the crime picture she's been printing. Kaylee tells the mover she'll take the mirror to the repair shop. She pulls the sheet off of it and says hello again to it. The covered statue's head moves in the reflection of the mirror. She goes to them, and they're all just regular statues. And like Brian said earlier, we didn't get a, a jump scare with Murray Saul the first time we see her, but we get a crappy jump scare here with this mover coming back into the room, and it really made me mad. Uh, I'll see you at home, Kaylee tells the mirror. Tim calls Kaylee, says he wants to talk to her. She says, meet me at the house. And now Marie, she notices all of her plants are dying inside. Alan hears strange whispers in his office. The kids are playing, you know, laser tag outside. And Kaylee, she runs into the bushes by her dad's office window. And she looks in and she sees a woman standing over her dad. At dinner, Kaylee complains she doesn't have a phone. Then she asks, she asks her dad, who is the lady in the office? He says, what lady? And walks off. Tim and Kaylee get to their childhood home and she lets a dog free. Tim looks around for old times sake. The two bring the mirror inside of the office. He notices uh, an anchor on the ceiling. Kaylee now gets up. She, you know, she, gets, she sets up her cameras and her laptops. She records a video telling her setup before she hangs the mirror. Alarms are set up to eat, drink, and for the temperature changes. She says the mirror has a supernatural power and responsible for 45 deaths in its four centuries of existence. She reveals the victims of the mirror to the camera. She gets distracted when she sees flashbacks of their family dog, and then the alarm goes off for them to eat. I really like that open or those two scenes there. Uh, Chris, are you going to go first? Yeah. Um, this scene where Kaylee is explaining how the mirror um, has killed over 400 people, I think, in like 48 years or something like that, was so cool. And I remember I was watching something about it, and um before it was released they actually wanted um the critics actually wanted um the production company to put in to like cut the scene because it was 13 minutes long of, in the same area um of just kaylee talking about this and they wanted to cut to actual scenes from the story she was explaining but mike flanagan was like no I, i'm gonna fight against that it needs to be like one solid flow of a story and that's actually one of my favorite scenes from the whole film is when she's explaining all these deaths because it was it was so cool like she would just flash the pictures on top of this in in front of the camera 
and all that. And another thing I thought was kind of funny was how her fiance yelled at her because or said something to her about printing the, the crime scene photos at work. Because it's like, can't you do that somewhere else? Yeah. <laughs> it was just funny. And I understand why they did it, of course, to add more, you know, emphasis and exclamation on the photos and things like that. But it was just funny. That was a little weird. Um, but I did really like this scene. Once again, it's going pretty quickly. Like there's a lot of cut scenes here and you're just trying to keep up. So I think, um, I think this, I think for this podcast, for the show, I think this was maybe the fourth time I, I had watched the film and I still was like getting myself confused, but yes, the scene where she's explaining how all the deaths are occurring and where the mirror is moving, but you never really find out where the lesser glass actually is from is so cool. So I really liked this scene a lot. Go ahead, Dustin. Yeah, I agree. Uh, these these are some great scenes. Um, first of all, the jump scare. I know you've already shit on it, but I'm going to do it again because you, it's a, it's unnecessary. Like, wh- who, who walks in that quietly? Like, he was trying to scare her, <laughs> dick. All right. Um... <laughs> Little fun fact. So when they're at the auction, the uh, auctioneer mentions that it was acquired from the Levesque estate. And this film was filmed by WWE Studios. WWE wrestler Triple H's real life last name is Levesque. But that's actually a coincidence because this film was in production and it already screened at the Toronto Film Festival before WWE got involved. But that was just kind of one of those weird coincidences because it's not a common last name. Um. I really like Kaylee setting up the the showing the detail and, and the lengths that she went to showing all the, the work that she put in to set up this extravagant uh, precautions and measures in this room to, to finally kill it because that's going to come into play later. Her obsession became her undoing and without seeing the depths that, uh, you know, of her obsession, you wouldn't have appreciated it as much and so she really went above and beyond printing out all the you know de- crime scenes at, at work uh just <laughs> just the fact that she was able to find all that the the mirror was un uh undocumented or un, unaccounted for for so long but then we found it and that was I, I really like that those scenes and i think that karen gillen acted her ass off in those scenes to portray the obsession and the links that she was willing to go to prove the innocence Brother, a woman, when a woman wants to know something, she will know. She will find out what she wants to know. <laughs> that's why I liked her. That's why I like her. Because I was like, that's what I would do. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Brian. A uh, little fun fact, the warehouse guy that's in charge of uh, in charge of Scott Graham, who actually played the main character, Tim Russell, in that short film version of Oculus. So uh, that was a nice little callback there. Um, also, I have a note about some really good – I really like the cinematography choice by Flanagan here to go like – overhead whenever um she's approaching the mirror at first um i thought that added a lot right before that subtle movement by the sheets but and and honestly i mean i know you guys don't like the the jump scare but i really liked it the fact that there was no big loud musical cue with it that 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 part i did like so um yeah it was a little bit of a cheesy jump scare but at least it did it without the loud music cue like i said um i agree with crystal though I, i really like how there's no motivation at all given why the mirror is evil that's answered at all. It's just evil, and I think that's great. Um, 
I mean, if you want to believe that part, you know, you could go with the whole family being crazy thing. But, you know, I I mean, it gives the history of the glass, but there's no motivation or explanation. And I really like that. Um, I also like, you know, that little uh, at dinner when she gave that little subtle hint about the girl being in the office. You know, I love how this mirror like affects both of them differently with Alan. You know, it affects him directly. But like with Marie, it basically manipulates everyone around her to kind of feed her insecurities, you know, like the other woman or that cow comment that comes later. And look, holy shit, I understand the weights on the boat anchor and how the mirror won't let a person knowingly harm it and stuff, but it can't stop, you know, oh yeah, but it can't stop unforeseen circumstances. You know, I'm, I'm taking it from the, um, from the incident where the, you know, got the crack, but for God's sakes, why are we walking under it? Like it's no big deal. And like, it couldn't just fall and kill you at any time. Like every time they were walking near that mirror and that thing was there over top, I was like, and you guys, somebody's going to get it at some point. So. <laughs> that's true i didn't even think about that <laughs> i didn't i was like oh my god the mirror could just use itself to kill the other person it could just fall on them <laughs> hey brian you know how you mentioned there's no backstory on the mirror don't worry rob zombie will do he'll do a backstory on all it. right you know what i'm ready i'm sick of this sorry dustin I had to get the joke in there uh, all right God. The two the two eat now, and she slaps Tim when he says their dad was sick. She resumes discussing the victims. Tim argues with her again. She gets to their story, you know, she gets their story new. Mother tortured, mother murdered into the family home after psychological breakdown. Husband shot to death by the son. Kaylee wants to prove all of them were victims to the mirror. Tim says, why not just smash it then? It cuts to where they were young trying to break it. She says, you don't remember. Go ahead and try and smash it. He grabs a chair and pulls the sheet off the mirror and starts to talk to her. She asks, why'd you put the stool down? She now reveals the only documented person to try and destroy the mirror killed himself walking in the traffic after the failed attempt. She so, she shows him now how the anchor works. Alan is ty- I really like this scene, guys. Alan is typing and he pulls his Band-Aid off. He resumes and notices the Band-Aid is back on his finger. He uses the staple remover to get it off then realizes he's ripping his fingernail off, and he hears whispers from the mirrors. He notices a book on the ground by the mirror. He calls the kids into the office and questions the kids why all the books are on the floor and to quit messing with their mom's plants. Tim and Kaylee now discuss the plants, all still alive in the house. She covers the now caged dog in front of the mirror. Tim sees the family dog on the floor, and it cuts to them now as kids, and the dog is lying down, not moving. Marie tells Alan she doesn't like the gun. She walks out and hears grotesque cow. She asks, what did you say? Then sees her reflection in the mirror. She wakes up when she hears a dog barking at the office. It bites her and she goes into Alan's office. She says, you're lost in your own world when you're in here. Dad goes to golf and tells kids to stay out of the office. Dog's barking at the office door again. And she lets the dog in there and now can't get the door open. Alan gets home and she says, we got to do something about the dog, but it's gone now. Now the two argue about what happened to the dog. Tim says the dog was sick and, you know, all that. They debate psychology now. He uncovers the caged dog in front of the mirror and is doing fine in the cage. Kaylee wakes up and hears her parents arguing again. Mom Mom tucks them back into bed. Kaylee says, you have to remember seeing that woman. It cuts to them playing tag and Tim says dad was having an affair. Kaylee researched all of his banking history, et cetera, et cetera, and there were no signs of an affair. 
she says they did a bang up job in the hospital of you know ha- having him forget everything. Tim lets the dog free. Tim says nothing you said would happen has happened. Tim says let's get out of here, and she starts to cry, and let's shut it all down and leave it. And now this is where to me where all the action starts to pick up. Brian, do you want to go first, man? Sure. Um. Yeah, like you said, watching the mirror fuck with time, you know, as he tears his fingernail off and then, you know, as you can hear the mirror convince himself that it's painless, saying it doesn't hurt, you know, and showing all how all those people basically in Kaylee's pictures of the past were able to, like, you know, mutilate themselves like that. It took me two viewings to really hear that and get that. And I thought that was really awesome. And fun, I finally, you know, finally heard it. Um, one of the things that really works for me in this whole movie is is the tension building and how it's like rooted in this really fucked up family situation at home. So you can see that really start to propagate in these scenes like with Alan. And and to me, the nonlinear storytelling like really kicks into you know high gear in these scenes, I think. And and from here on out and people said it online, you know, it reminded them of Sidious, too, like the way the characters crossed over. But I've never really seen that movie. So to me, it reminded me a lot of it and how it connects the kids to the present day. But, you know, more so as the movie moves from this point, you know, it gets confusing to the audience. If this is the past or the present, it's a little blurred and it's almost unrelenting tension moving forward. And I really like that. Um, honestly, I liked how they played up the misremembering memories and, you know, and, and how you as an audience member, you know, even start to doubt if all this is in her head or if it's really supernatural, which, you know, is the other side of this film. It just, you know, is it all in their heads because they're crazy? Um, I really like that. I wish they would have played that up a little bit more, you know, as a movie going on, because I kind of left that, you know, just in these scenes pretty much. And um, admittedly though, and, and that's the problem I think with this being based on a short film, there's too much flashback filler to try to like fill the time to me. And, and we know where the flashbacks end up eventually. So I think it's just a little too much And these scenes to me are, are a little bit of example of that. Go ahead, Dustin. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, so going back to the, the fingernail scene, I mean, that's when you realize, okay, this, this mirror is really fucking with them. Um, the, the lying grotesque cow, no one who talks like that, man. Come on. Like, <laughs> that, that's that's one of the major beefs I have with this movie was that particular line. Like, call her something else. You can insult people without saying grotesque cow because I've never strung those words together in my life until right now. Um, they this is where these scenes is where the dad being not a likable character at the beginning actually makes it work though because now you're like, okay, it's it's understandable why she would believe he's cheating on her. Or, having these extramarital affairs because he didn't seem that pleasant to begin with. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, uh, you know, her going on about the, the dog going in there, that even plays into it too. Cause it's like the dog knows something up in the office. Maybe the dog knows about the woman too. And so that, that's where my mind took it. Um, but, and then they did a great job of Tim explaining to Kaylee, you know, you're imagining this you're and then, but the Kaylee rebuttal, you know, her rebuttal saying they really did a, great job in the hospital wiping your memory as an audience you kind of torn both ways like okay you can see to where Kaylee's stuff has made sense up and now like you can see this because you know you're watching a horror film so you, maybe there is something supernatural you saw the thing move in the mirror in the warehouse but then from the other side of it you can relate to Tim because you're like this is too crazy to believe she's definitely she didn't get the counseling so she's got these her brain has made these memories up to protect her from what really happened. And so these scenes do a great job of building that tension of whose side are we on? Who do we believe? Who do we trust here? Um, but like you said, 
I do think there was, this is where the nonlinear storytelling kind of becomes too much. Like the, the flashbacks kind of become too much. I'll, it doesn't take away from it to the point to where it makes you not like it, but it's like, this is where it starts to bear. It's just present, past, present, past, past, present. And you kind of get lost in the sauce a little bit. And so it can take away from the movie. If you get a text message and look up, you're fucked. So, um, but <laughs> other than that, I, I enjoy it. I, I still enjoy the movie to these parts. So it's just those, those, those things there. Never call anyone a grotesque cow. There's better words to insult people. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I actually, the scene with the fingernail was probably so gross, and they did revisit it towards the, um, as things start to get crazier. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to wear, before the pandemic, I used to have, like, acrylic fingernails, so, like, fake nails, and if you accidentally hit one of them, it literally ripped your entire nail off, and mm. I saw that scene, and it just reminded me of that, and because... I just, you know, especially on the weekends, like when I was bartending and things, it's very easy to like accidentally hit it against something when you're busy. So that scene, I was, I hated that scene because I hate anything that has to do with like Chinese water torture of nails and things like that. So I hated that scene. I also really liked, so one thing that I always say at at my reviews of films is I always want to know what happens after and I feel like I kind of got that a little bit so we have the brother who decides to go to get help he and then we have the sister who decides not to go get help and then we kind of see how that transpires as they move into this adulthood because I think that's a lot of the at least what I feel when I watch films is I always want to know what happens to the victims or the survivor I guess I would say survivors there's survivors after something happens um i always want to know like did they go seek professional help did they just spiral into darkness what happened to them and i think this film gives us a little bit of an insight to what happened to the siblings um and i did like that yes this is definitely the part of the film where it starts to get kind of confusing because at least in the beginning it was a little bit more spoon fed to us like okay we're gonna have a flashback now (laughs) and now it's like okay now we're not gonna have one anymore you just kind of have to figure it out yourself um which i liked that it also i what i really like about this film is it taps into the fear of like family dysfunction and how affairs and body image play like a huge role because when couples get together, obviously, when the, and then they decide to get married and have babies, it takes a toll on the, the mother's body and the mother might not be as, um, you know, her confidence might be a little bit lower. That's where you have affairs coming in, you know, especially a mother who has two kids, you know, her body was sacrificed for it. She could go through some trauma mm-hmm. depending on things like that. Um, so, and the father, yes, the male figure in a family, his appearance can change also, but it's not as much mentally, physically, or emotionally as a woman's body. So I think that it was good that they brought that up, that she was having a little bit of trouble with her self-esteem and her self-image. Um, and I found that was really good because you not only have like the scary aspect of it, because yes, it is a haunted object, a haunted mirror, but then you also have this completely crazy family dysfunction going on and like i said and before like we don't know the relationship of the mother and the father like they could have maybe they moved to this house so that they could have a new beginning 
maybe he had a, an affair before. Um, so that's what I really like about this film too, is it kind of just, and it, and the psychological aspect of it too, as well, because I mean, even though the doctor was probably a crooked doctor, but I don't want to say anything about that. Cause that was a little weird, but, um, but yeah, there's a lot of different elements to the film that I enjoyed up until this point. <laughs> All right, Kaylee goes into the room and she gets our first sign of some mirror activity. All the plants are dead and the cameras are facing each other now and not the mirror. She reviews the tapes and it shows them two moving the cameras towards each other and they both don't remember doing it. Tim wants to go call his doctor. They walk out. Kaylee says its radius is 30 feet because the plants in the kitchen are starting to die. Tim calls his doctor outside, but he's on the ground in the house now. Flashback to them playing video games. Kaylee sees her mom just staring into the mirror. She drinks, now she's at dinner now, drinking, just drinking wine and feeds him burnt grilled cheese sandwiches. She asks Kaylee more about the woman in the office. I haven't seen her, she says. Tim says he saw her last night by the office. She sends the kids upstairs and goes to the office to snoop around. She sees the name Mary Saul written all over, you know, several of Alan's papers. She knocks everything off the desk in anger and she sees the broken family portrait. She sees the pen hold, she sees the pen holder and she throws it at the mirror and then like the mirror like shrieks at her and she sees a different reflection of herself in the mirror. It reaches towards her, her scar, she it reaches towards her scar on her stomach. And now <laughs> and now it's oozing and her eyes are like ghosted, you know, it's like the the re reflective look now. The kids go downstairs to check on her and she starts to choke Tim. They break free and she chases after them banging on the door. Alan, Alan gets home and he restrains her after she attacks him and she passes out. Go back in your room. Mommy's all right, he says frantically. He tries to call the ER, but the mirror interferes. He drags her into the room and the kids start to cry. Kaylee sit, she sets the cameras back up. Alan tells the kids mom is sick and stay out of the room. Dad doesn't answer any of their questions, they ask. The alarm goes off and they eat apples again. Tim changes a blown out light bulb and Kaylee sees a flashback to their dad and taking food to their mom the bulb goes out again she sets her apple down and changes it but the light blows out immediately she sets the blown bulb by her apple and changes the bulb again she grabs the apple and takes a bite but we hear glass shatter and we see it falling on the ground she spits blood and pulls out a piece of glass out of her mouth tim calls her and it's just an apple in her hand she says we need to stay together <laughs> i was like yeah you probably just need to leave this damn house to be honest with you get out of there Tim is watching cartoons now, and the TV goes out. The two kids hear noises upstairs, and they notice they have no food. They tell their dad, and he's lost in a trance. Everything is on his list, he keeps saying. Kaylee goes to tell her mom they have no food. She goes in the room and doesn't see her mom. She sees broken plates on the ground, and then the mom, like, runs at her, but she's chained to the wall like a dog. She tells dad they need to see a doctor, and he grounds them. Kaylee tries to call doctors, but they... They all keep saying to have their dad call. It's the mirror interfering. Kaylee gets a neighbor to the house, and we see Alan's pulling all of his fingernails off. He gives the kids an evil stare. Kaylee tells Kaylee tells Tim they have to get brave. Welcome back, Mike. Do you want to jump? Uh, never mind. We'll, uh, let's let Crystal go because she brought up the thing about the fingernails. <laughs> yeah, let's go there first. Hi, everybody. Crystal Sorry oh, about that. Totally. Crystal oh, brought so up the fingernails gross. thing. What, it's what so you think gross. Of, yeah, what, tell no, us about that visual of the fingernails. 
disgusting. It was so gross. And I was just so I was at work this weekend and I went to go grab something and I pulled back the skin of like my middle finger here. So and of course, when I was watching the film today, I was like, why? Why do all these things happen to my fingernails when I'm watching Oculus? (laughs) (laughs) It was just so gross. And it was like so subtle because you see the neighbor come over, ask about everything that was going on. You see the dad asking. And it's funny, though, I actually was watching something earlier and these scenes were actually shot, I think, um, before. And he the actor where he was sick with the flu um so he looked like he was a different shade of like because he was sick so um and his voice was a little bit deeper so and then of course when they pan back and you see his hand like leaning against the thing and there's blood all over it it was so disgusting it was so gross also i can never look at a light bulb the same way either after seeing this film because (laughs) every time i go to change a light bulb anywhere in my apartment i always think of that disgusting scene or like when i eat an apple i mean i don't I cut apples, so I guess that's all right. But, like, still, anytime I change a light bulb, I always think of the scene because – and I think this was one of the most um, – this was probably a lot of – I know this was used in the trailer. So mm-hmm. a lot of people were – when this first – when the film first, the trailer dropped, everybody's like, oh, my God, did you see that – did you see that movie about that girl that bites into an apple but it's actually a light bulb? <laughs> so I think that was um, – that part's really gross. But then, of course, you see that – she actually is not biting into a light bulb. It's the apple. It's just the mirror that's controlling. And I think this is when we start to realize that the mirror is controlling everything. It can alter reality so much that we're not even sure what we're seeing is real anymore. And I think that's where it kind of gets like confusing. And I just remember the first time I saw it, I like shifted in my chair because I was like, I don't know what's going on. And I don't know where we are i don't know who i'm looking at i don't know if any of this is real is she just gonna wake up with another nightmare again and it's all fake i don't know what's going on so um yeah that's how i feel about that (laughs) right go ahead brian yeah can i just say wow on these performances though i mean karen's crime performance and the the uh the kids performances of you know annalise uh basso and garrett ryan Again, you know, we've talked so much about hit and miss performances from kids, but to me, like, these are just amazing. And uh, fun fact, you know, Garrett Ryan, the actor who plays the uh, younger Tim, is in two movies where he, like, senses his future older self. The first is this movie, and, you know, the second one's Insidious, Chapter 2, where he actually plays, like, a young Josh, too. Um, The Apple's the light bulb scene, yeah, Crystal's right. It was in the trailer, and I honestly hate that it was in the trailer because I like, you know, stuff to kind of be, you know, surprise you, but... Um, that just shows you right there that at this point, you know, uh, Kaylee's confident, nervous, but seems confident in like all of the precautions and everything. But this scene right here shows you she's still in over her head and either you know losing her mind more or under the influence of the mirror more, depending on which route you believe there. And, um, you know, this is the first time we really see the mirrored eyes, too. And I, f- I fucking love those. Um, it's it's like you it's like you look into their eyes and all you see is yourself, you know, like the mirror and it takes all of your fears and kind of makes you immediately face them. And I just I love all the subtext of all that. And uh, lastly, also, what the fuck with the neighbor? I mean, I'm not (laughs) sure what Kaylee told the neighbor, but my father chained up my mother should be enough that you would think would garner a little bit bigger of a response (laughs) than that. So that was that was my last thing on those scenes. Go ahead, Dustin. Yeah, no, you said it, man. Uh, that neighbor is the shittiest neighbor. Like, what, what a, what a passive asshole. <laughs> the, um, the, 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 the apple scene. 
this movie has a couple scenes that just make me cringe and uncomfortable. And weirdly enough, the fingernail scenes, not one of them, like when he, the, with the bandaid in the beginning, like that's okay. That's, that's okay. But when she buys the, the, uh, light bulb and then it shows her mom biting into the plate for some reason man the thought of chewing glass just makes uh, my skin crawl and <laughs> they did it twice those assholes um yeah the 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 whole thing with the going back to it, the whole thing with the the cameras pointing at each other and them realizing oh shit it is working like that's that's brilliantly done because this is that's where you realize that kaylee was the one that was right and that's when the flip switched to this is an interesting movie. I don't know what to believe, what's real, what's not to, oh shit, now it's tense. I've I've got goosebumps from here on out, basically. Um, I, I agree with the, the mirrored eyes. I think that's brilliantly done because it's it's a, a telltale for the rest of the movie of it can let you know like what's, what scene we're in, if this is present or if it's past, because there are certain scenes where they would show the mom or the dad and the, the eyes are mirrored. And it's like, okay, it's instantly, I know I know what's going on here. Uh, the, yeah, I mean, I, you, you pretty much said what I had in my notes actually. So, um, I'll leave it with this, that mom can't chase kids for shit. She's not a very yeah, good why, mom. <laughs> what, why all of a sudden did she become like this ravenous animal who eats plates? Like where so did weird. that come from? Right. Well, yeah. Like, it was so, never explained. That, that's, that, that. that's another thing. I can't remember. One of you guys earlier said something about you could tell it it's affecting people differently, but mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think that it was really explained as much. Like she just went from, okay, I hate my self image to now I want to eat my children. And the dad, he doesn't want to kill anyone. He just wants to chain the mom up and be an asshole to the kids. Like he doesn't want to hurt the kids at this point. He's just an asshole because realistically, if the kids are going to tell the neighbor, Hey, my dad's pretty much killed my mom and I'm a, I'm uh, afraid for my life now. And the dad finds out he's probably going to kill him, but now he's instead you're grounded. Get out of here. But yeah. <laughs> Hello everyone. Sorry about my tardiness. Um, so what I will say, <laughs> I'm so glad you said that crystal, because this is, I love the acting in these scenes, in the set of scenes. I think the portrayals are really good, especially the mom. I think there's a, a lot of really good emotional acting there. So it, it does pull me in, but this is the set of scenes like you mentioned where I get a little confused. I'm not like over, like I don't know where I am or where I'm like super lost, but I do get a little off off of the movie path a little bit here in this set of scenes just because there's a lot of back and forth and there's a lot of you don't know what's real and what's not real. Like you guys talked about the eating of the of the light bulb is 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 gross. It's that's a toughie any day of the week. Um, same thing with the fingernails. Same thing, but you admit to there's a lot of rust here, in my opinion. They don't do a great job setting setting some of this setting some of the character up. Like there there there's a lot of lack of character development that happens really quick. A lot of they're kind of normal, they're kind of normal, kind of now the mirror is kind of starting to control things, and then bam, like you said, dad wants to be a weirdo that ties people up, and the mom is just like this like. It all happened really fast, and it kind of drug these scenes down, in, in my opinion. And you guys pretty much mentioned everything else, but I do like the mirror eyes. I will say that it's a big, it, it's a big plus for me. But um, these scenes get a little, 
to me that just get a little confusing compared to some of the earlier ones where I was like, I got it, I got it, and then they kind of lost me a little bit here. But I love the acting. Like, I think the acting from everyone involved in these scenes is really, really damn good. So strong performances across the board by both kids especially. I think the mirrored eyes were kind of cheesy, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> it's understandable. It's understandable. By the way, I understand I, that they were trying to show you the difference between the humans and or the real people and the the ghosts that the mirror ate. But but then again, it was very subtle. So it was in the beginning when you first see Marisol and you see that she's like behind him that was scary but then at the end I was like I don't really know how I feel about the mirrored eyes but I understand it right and just like so I said I really, really liked the subtext of the mirror eyes you know I guess oh, yeah, I, absolutely that, that, that's what I really I really like that's really cool but I wish that they had done it just maybe a little bit differently but then again I I understand why it was done it was very scary especially when you see them all like lined up like that was scary but um I don't know Not so my before you go ahead Nico if I haven't said this before, I should probably say it now. Damn it, no. Only on for the last couple scenes. <laughs> All I'm going to say is that, no, it's not that. It's, it's not what oh, you think. Okay. I'm giving our fans a heads up. Haunting and possession movies do not do anything for me. But if there's good acting and there's good cinematography and there's good direction, I can still give it positive things to say. But as far as the plot of this movie, I'm, I wish I had mentioned it in the... Like, I wish I had been on for the opening things. I'm just going to say the plot of this movie does nothing for me. But there's good acting and there's good – there's a lot of other good in here that makes it a, uh, a decent horror movie. But the plot lost me from the very beginning. But that's just a personal preference. So fans should know that ahead of time. That's all. All right, Kaylee is standing in front of the mirror now, and she runs to reset the anchor timer. Tim goes into his room and stares at his younger self. Young Tim sees Kaylee downstairs. She turns on the emergency lights because the power is out. She grabs a piece of broken glass. Young Tim goes in Dad's office to ask him to fix the lights. Marisol's spirit is is above him, and he falls out the door as she charges him. He runs upstairs and hides in his room, and old Tim sees his younger self run in. Kaylee looks, you know, through her phone's camera and doesn't see any, any of the broken glass. She turns around, and she sees her mom's spirit. And she stabs her in the neck, but it's actually her fiance, Michael. Tim walks down and sees him dead. Kaylee's phone rings and it's Michael checking in. She says it's a trick. The you know the glass wasn't real. She now sees him dead through her phone camera. She cries as she embraces him. The two walk outside and Tim calls for police and ambulance help. The power comes back on and they see themselves inside. Tim calls 911 again and they say, "Have your father call." Tim says they have to get brave. Alan is standing in front of the mirror. He gets the gun out the drawer and loads it. Tim tells Kaylee what he saw. They walk in the room and see themselves staring into the mirror. Then the lights go out and Mary Saul walks towards them, saying not to play in here in their father's voice. The two kids run off. Marie breaks the plate and eats more glass. Alan walks in with the gun. He holds the gun to her head but lets her free from the chain. Older Tim and Kaylee open the door and we see the mom. Now they're young again, and the mother's knocking stops. She says, we got to get downstairs. She opens the door, and they run for the stairs. She hits her mom with a golf club, and, and young Kaylee jumps out the window. She hobbles around out front, and she sees Marisol. 
and another ghost-like person. Old Tim sees his dad. Young Kaylee sees a gunshot from outside. She goes back inside. Older Kaylee sees Michael in a spirit form. She calls for Tim. Mom attacks young Kaylee and is choking her. Alan appears and shoots her in the back as she lets go, realizing what she's doing. Kaylee and Tim run away, seeing the spirits. Alan shoots Marie one more time, killing her. And the next scene is the ending. Brian, do you want to go first, brother? Sure. So that was Maricel coming out there with Dad's voice, because like I, I kept getting yeah. Her. I that kept was getting creepy, by the way. That was, off, like, that was mixed good up. stuff. But, yeah, I kept getting, I kept getting them uh, mixed up there. I thought that was Katie Sackhoff's character, honestly, for a while. Um, but look, at this point, you know, past and present scenes, you know, they're absolutely interwoven, you know, and mm. she has zero control anymore. And the mind fuck is right here as at a 10. And this set of scenes very much so has my attention. The tension level for me is like super high. Um, but also at this point, I'm way more interested in the present. And almost every time the fl- it flashes back, it kind of gets in my nerves. So I'm not I'm not at all with the past, honestly, right here. And uh, because we've already pretty much seen how that past ends. And so I'm not really I don't know, I'm not really interested in that as much. Um, lastly, you know, just the best there's the best shot of the mirror eyes to me in the whole movie here. Um, again, and I mostly love the subtext of those eyes, like I said, and I love the flashes of of Marisol. And I didn't catch the other entity that flashed on the other side of him um, whenever he was going to shoot her, but that was a great effect, um, regardless. First of all, why does she why does she just like haul off and kick the shit out of that plant that could have saved her a lot of heartache in a minute? Um, <laughs> like, okay, the 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 plant's dead, but there's no reason just to cause a mess. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> When they're running through the house and she just turns around and pulls the Eden Nordren on the mom, a.k.a. hits her with the nine iron. Like, why didn't they try that before? If they could hit them and affect them with it, with hitting them stuff, why didn't they? They never once tried to swing on Marisol and she was one scaring the shit out of them the whole movie. And so what she she was an entity, so they may not have hit her, but you don't know unless you try it. And so uh, that that was kind of like, all right. Um, when. She stabs her boyfriend in the neck. I hated that. Because, first of all, if you roll up and all the all the lights are off in the house, why are you creeping around and sneaking up on your girlfriend when you, like, make some noise. Be like, hello, anyone home? But she, he just walks in all sneaky-like, like he's trying to cop a fill or something. She stabs him in the neck. He kind of deserved it, <laughs> pervert. Um, but we never 100% got that that was him, correct? Right. I mean, that it was, right. like, iffy, but that was... Like right. I, that's something I do wish they kind of would have said at the end, like a little bit, if that would, if that was, if that was real or if that wasn't, for sure. Yeah. Well, well, see, no, it was real because when I think she's, the boyfriend was in the mirror in the window or something, right at the end. Maybe. That yeah, and, it, it, his spirit was in a trance whenever they walked okay. back and when she yeah. walked back in the house. And right. oh, okay. when, when she when she takes her cell phone camera, which by the way, Apple must have been a sponsor of this movie because she had the nice <laughs> Apple computers in there. Yep. The yep. Apple on the iPhone was very visible the whole film. Probably but plays. she takes her phone and she shows it on the floor. She's like, no, the plate's gone. And so that's how she knew it was a trick. Another nitpick. I hate that they call it trick. Like, you couldn't come up with any other word in the entire dictionary. You had to use the word trick. Like, I don't know. That that irked me a little bit. <laughs> um, but then the, he, she scans up and she sees him in the phone, in the camera. That's when she realized it was real. And so he kind of deserved it, like I said. Even if whatever's going on, you're unsure you think that because she gave you instructions, if I don't answer or whatever, my brother might have killed me. 
Make some noise when you walk into a dark ass house. God. But Dustin, she might he he might have. It could have been the mirror playing tricks on it, them. It could have. Never it could know. have. You never know. He could have been it, like, hello. That's true. So maybe from that perspective, then you alert the audience that he's in the house and you have him yelling. Oh, I agree. No, and I then agree. it flashed to her and she didn't hear anything. I don't know. I just think that, that would have been, been no, no, that would have been really cool if they would have done that because then you could switch over. But then, like, I want to bring a point. Could you imagine editing this movie? I was going to say, God, <laughs> nightmare. No, which like, I, 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 yeah, I edit for my regular like nine to five job and I, it's like edit videos and stuff. And I couldn't imagine the editing. I would get myself so confused if right. I was editing this movie. Which I did read that Flanagan wrote the uh, flashback scenes in italics so the so that everyone knew what was flashback and not. That's nice. I wish I could have watched it in italics because this is where <laughs> I yes. get confused. Yes. This yes. is when there's too much going on. It's too it's too busy for me. Like I enjoyed the flashbacks and the nonlinear storytelling up until this point, but when you've got older Kaylee walking by younger Kaylee on the stairs and like what I, it's just too much. It's too much. And then uh. Yeah, so these scenes are chaos, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but I don't mean it in a good way. I think it's just chaos for the sake of chaos, and it did a good job of making you pay attention because, like you said, Brian, it does capture your attention because you have to pay attention. If you turn your head for a second here, you're going to miss something, and, and yeah. you're going to have to rewind to catch what it was. Before you go, Chris, I want to agree with you, Dustin. This is where it gets really, really hard. It is to like to pay attention to everything. And that's the biggest reason why I was honestly kind of nervous to ever pick this movie is just because, you know, you have young Tim and old Tim walking by each other. And that's what it was. Yeah. Kaylee. Yep. Yeah. I, well, I mean, it, I think young Kaylee and old Kaylee walk by each other, too. I mean, who knows? There's so much chaos going on. Like you said, well, it's just it's very intimidating from a note taking point. There's young than old and young than old. But at the very end, the young and old is affected. But right now it's too much. I agree right. Well, and like when young Kaylee's on the outside and she sees the gunshot, like it was adult on the inside that pulled the trigger, right? I I thought I don't maybe I'm I don't know. I just it was too much. <laughs> this is why I picked this film because I knew that Nico had to make the notes, so I didn't have to. <laughs> 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 That's why Brian's having to do edits tonight. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do this film. I'm just kidding. Um, yes, it was chaos, absolutely. And if you looked away for even one second, you would have absolutely no idea what was going on. Um, I also like the fact that, and I didn't know this until I actually looked it up, <clears throat> the actress for Maricel is actually the same actress that was in Hush, who's actually married to Mike Flanagan. Okay. So I thought that was cool. Um, so if you guys, I think... I don't, I don't think you guys have done Hush before, but I feel like I've talked about it before. Um, yeah, it's the same actress who plays the demon who's also married to. Um, so actually what I found out, which was really cool, is that I guess Rory was wrapped. He was done with the, with the movie, but then they forgot to add in that last scene. So they just gave, they used his voiceover and had Marisol just mouth it. And it actually worked out pretty well. Cause I know a lot of people like, I really like that part because we never really find out who she is. The thing is like the, what the mirror does, the mirror, usually the last victim that the mirror eats or whatever you want to call it, um, is who the mirror uses for the next killing 
And so, unless I missed it, but I don't think we ever really find out who she is. I think she starts, she creates the chaos. Whatever the entity is from the previous kill is creating the next set of chaos. Right. So what I think the mirror did was she, mirror. She was, the one, she was the one that had the miscarriage, right? I think, yeah, yeah, she was. So she, what they, so what happened was, is it, the mirror feeds on negativity. So it, it used the emotions that the characters were feeling and used it against them. So the mirror knew that the mom was insecure about her body. So she made it look like the father was having an affair to create this chaos kind of thing. Um, that's why the mom never saw her until like later. That's why the kids only saw it because the kids could ask and the, the kid, the mirror obviously knew that the kids would bring it up kind of thing. Another thing that I found out about the film is that because the kids couldn't really be manipulated too much by the mirror was because they didn't understand trauma the way that adults understand trauma. So like there were things that just like, well, why didn't the mirror control the kids? And it was like the mirror can't control the kids because for the most part, kids aren't very, you know, they don't have a lot of trauma. They're not super negative. But then we saw that they were being manipulated as they got older because they went through trauma. So I thought that was interesting. But yeah, it was by the end, it was sort of like you have to pause it and be like, okay, what, what, wait, what's going on again? <laughs> so, <laughs> so confusing. Right. Uh, you guys said a lot of what I have to say, but it's worth, it's worth repeating here that this, okay. It's not so much that I think all the chaos is a bad thing. I'm not a huge fan of, of this chunk going back and forth so much. I do get a little, again, I almost get more confused and I'm already a little confused Maybe I'm just um, – that's possible as well. Um, <laughs> but what I will say is I think – and I said it while I was watching it. I was like, you know, this would make a great miniseries. Like, so you could have time to flesh some of the – flesh some of the more of these stories out because, you know, you mentioned the boyfriend. I would have hit that home a little more, like flesh that out a little bit. Let's flesh some of the younger – uh, the scenes with the kids, I would have liked to see a little bit more, but I, I mean, they had to cram everything into an hour and 40, so this is why you start to get so much back and forth. And, again, the mirror's playing tricks. So, it's not that I don't like it, it just becomes a little, I have to, I had to stop and start a couple times, like, rewind, go back, what did I miss? Like, I want to make sure I'm understand. I want to oh, make yeah. sure I'm understanding <laughs> what I'm watching, you know what I mean? I will say, I agree with Brian, I, I love, I love the acting by the uh, by the kids, I think it's great, and that's why I think it would make a great miniseries. I think it uh, was, wasn't it? Was it? Didn't they? Well, they it was, know. It was, yeah, it was. It was, it was some shorts, short films. It, 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 it was like three of them. Yeah. See now that I, I okay, that's great. I'm glad I know that now. And but I'm with you, Brian. At this point, I want to see the adults. Like I, yeah. you're back. You're agreeing with me. We're back, know, baby. Back. We're back. I wanna, <laughs> hey, hey, relax. I, I want to see the adults at this point just because I feel like we've booked, we've kind of shut the book on the kids part. Let's get to modern day, current day stuff. But um, again, tension is great in these scenes. There's a lot going on. So again, you can't look away. So you have my attention. I'm not 100% on board with everything they did here, but I will give them credit for, for the way it's shot, the cinematography. I love the acting. Again, I like all those things about this movie, but and I love the dad voice scene. That is freaking creepy. No matter what movie it's in, I love when some when someone goes up in their mouth and it's a different voice. And no matter what movie it's in, that 
that one gets me a little bit, but I just, me right now because I don't feel well. <laughs> My voice doesn't probably, sound like me. <laughs> same, probably the same over here. So I get it, I get it, and that means I like it. So that's okay. Um, I, but again, I feel like let's slam let's slam the book on the kids part. Let's get to the adults. But uh, I. It still has my interest. It's just a lot. It is a lot in a short amount of time, and I get a little uh, – again, I don't really like having to stop, start, stop, start, so that was kind of annoying. So that's – I will nitpick there and say, uh, you could have just like done it a little better. That's all. But I don't hate these scenes. There's just so much shit in these scenes. I, I do like – I do have one more thing that I missed uh, in my notes about these scenes. It's something that I like in, with, that they do in films. So – when they're going into the room and you see Marisol standing over the dad, like it's very subtle and she creeps out. You're like, okay, that was almost scary. And then bam, she's in your face. Like right. That oh, was a jump yeah. scare done well because you thought I that you were going to get out of it. And then it's like, nope, gotcha, bitch. Sorry. <laughs> and what, hey, one, positive, one positive to combat my negative about like the, the kids part where they're like talking to each other, realizing and they have to be brave and they're going back and forth with each other. And the, and the girls are, are you ready? And they're both crying back and forth. The, 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 God, the acting is so fucking good there by those two. Like, I, I'm really into that part. Again, I would rather it just be the adults, but kudos to those kids, man. Like, it, it, in that scene, that made, that pulled me in. I'm like, oh, no. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, we know that they are that they don't die, but it's, it's, it's good acting by kids. So, mm-hmm. Before we get to the ending, something just came to my mind. I really wish Mike Flanagan would have watched Saw Four before he'd done this movie, so he know so he can he knows how to sh- to show two stories going on at the same time effectively, where it's not super <laughs> duper confusing. Because you know at the end of Saw Four, you have you know the ending of three and four going on at the same time basically. Well, yeah. You remember, it, well, you remember where I had that ranked? Ah, <sighs> uh, well, it's, it's okay. <laughs> But you can, you gotta admit though they at least did the ending effectively. They did it better than yeah. It wasn't confusing as hell, you know. All right, here's here's the ending, y'all. The two kids see their dad through a door they cracked open. They run to the mirror and try to smash it with golf clubs. But then we see they've only been hitting the walls beside it. Alan walks in and points a gun at Kaylee's face, and she says, "This isn't you." He says he's met the devil, and he is me. Tim hits his arm with a golf club, and and then Dad starts choking Kaylee. Tim yells, let her go. And then Alan, he turns around and he kneels in front of his son and tells Tim to run. And he grabs the gun by his thumb and he shoots himself. And when he gets shot, his body knocks into the mirror, which caused that hairline crack in it that it has now. The spirits enter the office and all the and like they, the spirits are like yelling at the kids, but it's the alarms going off in the room. Tim is sitting in front of the mirror. He calls for Kaylee. Young Kaylee sees her mom's reflection in the mirror. She walks towards her voice and hugs her. Tim walks to the anchor switch and releases it, and he re- yeah. but then he realizes he's impaled Kaylee through the neck in the at the mirror. Young Kaylee tells Tim to promise, when we're both big and strong, we have to kill that thing. The police shows up to the house now. He yells her name as she dies on the mirror. We see police flashbacks of them as kids. The cops say that Tim, he's the one who called 911. And we watched the video of him pulling the switch and killing Kaylee, basically. It cuts between him younger and older, yelling, it was the mirror, it was the mirror. As the police car drives off, he sees his family, you know, his mom, dad, and Kaylee in the house, 
and they're all with the reflective eyes, their spirits in the house now. I really like the ending, y'all. I think uh, old Tim and young Tim really, really, it's it pulls you in, you know, when he's yelling, it was the mirror. It was, I, I really like the ending and just seeing the, the, the flashing cop lights. The, the ending is really good after a little bit of chaos. Crystal, this was your movie pick. Do you want to go uh, give us your thoughts on the ending? Sure. So the line from the dad I thought was kind of cheesy. I was oh, like, man, I loved it. <laughs> really? I was yeah, like, but... um, all right, I guess a little bit. Fine. It kind of reminded me of like, it. It, it kind of reminded me of like Dr. Loomis from like Halloween saying, you know, talking about Michael Myers. I think that's probably what brought me out of it a little bit. I was just like, that was kind of cheesy. It wasn't really see, a fan see of it that. reminded me of Otis from The Devil's Reject. So I love that line. That too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely. I was just going to say that. It, it reminds Otis? me of that too. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um so but i think that kind of took me out of it a little bit because i wasn't i don't think i didn't not like it but i wasn't expecting him to say that so i think i was like wait what <laughs> huh <laughs> um but yes i think the ending just completely shocked me a hundred percent um but the thing is like i i have a problem with it though like how <laughs> How thick is Kaylee's neck that an anchor didn't go through and hit the mirror? Oh, I wrote the same thing down. Exactly. How did that not crack the glass? How exactly. did it not crack the glass even just a little bit? How did the how did the dad flying backwards after this after after he shot make that little hairline fracture, but then a huge ass anchor not impale just a little bit? Because like I'm pretty sure it went through like probably maybe the top of her spine up through like maybe her jaw like that's not a lot of space that's not like it's not like it's going through your leg or something or or your you know something like that so I was really confused as to why I really wish they would have added just maybe a little bit maybe like a little nick on it like where the anchor hit because that was really confusing another thing I had a problem with if this mirror was so smart and this mirror can manipulate reality so much why didn't it do something with the anchor before they hit the kill switch. So I was kind of confused about that because I really wish that, I don't know, I understand that it had to go with the movie and had to eventually kill Kaylee. But if the mirror is so smart that can it can manipulate reality, then how did it keep the anchor there the whole time? But I don't know, maybe that was his plan the whole time yeah. was to manipulate her to walk up to the mirror to use to save itself kind of thing. Um, but well, yeah, my thing, I think, I think, and I may be off here, but what I got from it is that it could manipulate the people, you know, but it really couldn't manipulate. I mean, if they were thinking about doing it, like they could, it could manipulate them happening. But if it was like, like the, the guy getting thrown into it and cracking it, he couldn't, you know, there's almost like it, that wasn't like a foreseen thing. You know, she, she didn't plan on doing that. So to me, I don't think, so I think that her plan would have worked to begin with, you know, if it would have just boom happened because I don't think that it can stop things like that. It could only just manipulate the people, I guess. That's the way I took it. And, and okay. electricity, because if you remember, that's why she had things running on different circuits for the electricity. But the uh, the anchor timer was actually not on electricity. Oh, it wasn't electric. That's right. It was the so timer. That's, that's how it was foolproof, right. But not really what? foolproof. <laughs> right. What, what Kaylee should have done is took that mirror to the Ed and Lorraine Warren's house and put in that damn room. That's just my <laughs> Final answer. You could have Go definitely ahead, pulled it into that universe. Okay. I, my thoughts are kind of short here. Please don't hate me. I saw this ending coming from a mile away. I'm oh, I sorry. Hate you. I hate you. 
Oh, uh, I didn't. <laughs> I knew. I I just knew. Well, I knew that Tim would be the ac- the accidental killer again. Like I just started to predict it as the movie got along. And look, I'm not like some genius or anything. I just I could feel it coming, and it did happen that way. And I knew that Kay- I, I I had a feeling that Kaylee would would die. Now I didn't know how they were going to use the anchor. I knew the anchor would be important, but I agree with what you said. Kind of sounds like okay. Sometimes the mirror is a little ambiguous. Sometimes I think that's a creative choice and it works really well. And sometimes I think it's a fallback for plot holes. That kind of bugs me a little bit. So I, I think there's a balance there. But it doesn't mean I don't like the ending. Sometimes it, the logical choice is the right way to end a movie. And I thought that, that, that it was well done. It was well acted. And it, it was the mirror. Like, like Nico said, super emotional. Like totally believable, totally tied in. You feel for Tim. But I did see it coming. So it took a little bit of the sting off of it for me. Um, but I, it was better than the last set of four scenes. Like this ending, I really I liked it, but I did see it coming. So that's what I have on that. Dustin, you want to go next? Sure. So, yeah, the, the scene where the kids are whacking away at it and just hitting, beating up the wall. Like, um, I, damn it, Nico. <laughs> Because they're so perverted. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm thinking about whenever you I doing know what you're thinking. Shining. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Yeah. I can't use yeah. the word whack anymore without you laughing, so I'm just gonna stop looking at you. Oh, when I'm that's talking. right, from The Shining. Yeah. You did this to yourself, <laughs> Dustin. You did this to I yourself. Wasn't, I wasn't trying to be funny then or now. All right. <laughs> this is a lie. Sorry, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> okay. No, I'm leaving this shit in. Keep going. Yeah, leave it in. <laughs> Whack them all. Let's go. So anyway, when the kids are beating up the drywall, I thought that that did a good job of furthering the uh, her explanation of the, the the mirror protecting itself. And so maybe maybe that's what it was able to do. Maybe it was able to somehow manipulate Katie's body to not go for, that much forward, like the 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 anchor went through her throat, but mm-hmm. it was able to protect itself that way. I don't know. Um, that's what but, I think, Dustin. That's the only yeah, thing that worked. <laughs> it's the only thing that worked. But I do agree, though. I wish it would have at least made left a little scar on yeah. the mirror to, you know. Yeah. But but that plays in oh. that plays into my next thing. This is one of those rare occasions where I actually want a sequel, because I would like for Tim to get out and find out that someone else has the mirror. Not him try to go back and do it, but he finds out someone else has the mirror and he tries to save them from it and he gets blamed again. But it sounds like a mini series, like I said. I want I want all the bad things in the world to happen to Tim and only Tim. But uh, <laughs> oh, you, you, you evil man, you evil evil man. But once we see how the dad was actually killed, it kind of like I don't know. It didn't show the uh, interrogation process of either of the the witnesses or the suspect. But could Katie not have, or Kaylee not have stood up for her brother a little bit? Like he didn't pull the trigger. <laughs> the dad's well, Kaylee, the one that made Kaylee it. was kind of a bitch. She wasn't really <laughs> that nice to her fiance either, though. Remember that? Exactly. She You're was right. Kind of a bitch. Very true. Um. So I, you know, whatever. That's just. You're right. <laughs> so, you know, but she's gonna let her let her brother get pinched and do serious time in the pokey like that. Come on, that what kind of sibling are you? Whether you hate your sibling or not, you stick up for him and tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but a. The sequel would have done wonders for this, though, because 
the ending and the beginning and the early middle before it got became a clusterfuck. I really liked it. And so I could use another storyline involving this mirror that's not an actual Oculus, which we'll get into that in the fun facts. Oh my god, I was thinking about that the other day. Sorry. <laughs> hey Brian, before before you go, Brian, the thing that really kind of does bother me is this movie's not short. It's like an hour and forty seven minutes. Right. They had time to to flash stuff out this, to yes. make this flow a little less hectic. I agree. But, you know, go, go ahead, Brian. <laughs> oh well, I mean, and I really liked that line. You know, the demons uh, are many, and I've seen the devil, and he is me. Again, to me, like that's just the mirror kind of turning the reflection inward. And honestly, it, it reminded me of the the uh, the line from Batman, where you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. And I love I love that line. So maybe that's why I like it even more. Um, you know, I uh, and plus this is part that I thought was dumb as hell. Like Kaylee's walking up to the mirror and hugging her mom. Literally nothing about this mirror has been good. And then suddenly, out of the blue, you believe that it's good now. So let's go hug her. <laughs> and so, so to me, that that's crazy. Um, but there's a couple of little endings that I think I would have maybe liked a little bit better. Um, you know, I, I had the same thing about the sheer force of that thing having cracked the glass too. And honestly, I would have probably liked that better. I mean, you would have kind of got a, you know, like nobody wins type of, uh, type of ending, which, which I might've liked a little bit better than just the mirror winning. Um, I kind of, you know, I, I do like Kaylee dying, you know, and I like that sacrifice of the main character, but I also, think that maybe if the mirror would have been taken out too it would have been kind of a uh, i would have maybe liked that too um you know i know i know a lot of people probably don't like the ending and um the second kaylee you know showed the anchor and how it worked you know mike said you know he knew you know it would kill one of them in the end you kind of assume that since you brought him there but the tragedy tragedy to me like would be for for her obsession to be the cause of her own brother's death and have it you know actually kill him too so and then her have to live with that so that would have been that would have been cool too, but you know, I mean, maybe the way it worked out was maybe better with you know with him once again heading to the institution and nobody believing him. But I think I I think that I might have liked either of those endings a little bit better. Not to say that I didn't like this one because I really did, but uh, but I think it would have at least been a little bit more satisfying to me anyway. And you know where I stand on this. I like that this movie had the balls to not give me a happy ending. So thumbs up for that. I know I, it's so sad. I. I enjoy when a movie can do that. Like, you know what? Screw what you want. This is what I'm giving you. I can appreciate that. Any Anybody got any final thoughts before you jump into fun facts? Why was it that the only phone call that went through was to the police? Why didn't the phone call go through for the cop? Like, I understand it was The because, mirror like, was manipulating it. I hey, this mirror is Hannibal. This mirror is Hannibal Lecter. It's it's two steps ahead of everybody. <laughs> of all the people, of all the people that it could have called, they called the cops. <laughs> Hannibal Specter. <laughs> oh jeez. I I only have one fun fact that we haven't went over tonight. Uh, director Mike Flanagan has included the Oculus mirror as an Easter egg in most of his movies and TV shows. It's in the basement of a Ouija Origin of Evil. The headboard in Gerald's game, the walls in the haunting of Hill House, and the Overlook Hotel and Doctor Sleep. Anybody else got fun facts? No, that was mine. Oh, yeah, I had that one, and I was just gonna—I mentioned earlier—the the mirror is not actually an Oculus. So I was just gonna read the definition. Uh, yeah. It's the circular window or the opening at the apex of a dome. So, a technicality there. 
But it could have um, been the, it could have been the window into your soul. Maybe that's what the, I was thinking too. Or hell. Um, <laughs> that's a good point another, though. That's, a, that's, true. that's true. But but it's still but it's still not circular. Uh, another thing. Well, I guess technically it is. It's in your eye too, right, or something. And you have it's, Oculus in your eye, so maybe that could go back to the eye thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got two more. Number one, you said why they call the police. You're right. They should have just called Peter Vinkman. He would have solved this shit in a hurry. Oh, um, in a hurry. <laughs> well, he, called the, he called the doctor, too, and, and yeah. manipulated that. So I was just or that, confused. Or that woman from Don't Fuck With Cats. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. The, the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever that show's called, right? Yeah. Yeah. Last, last thing I have. Uh, Karen Gillan was in Guardians of the Galaxy, obviously. Uh, her co-star in the film was Dave Bautista. Batista held the same championship title as David um. Arquette. <laughs> so there we go. It all comes full circle. And I'll, not to I'll, mention, I'll, you know, Dewey would, would not have solved this shit. I tell you that much. Sorry, Dewey man. would have solved. You shut up. Uh, <laughs> Dewey next thing. <laughs> not to mention shit. the <laughs> fact that, you know, WWE Studios made the film and WWE owns WCW, yeah. which is where Arquette held that title. So there you go. There's your David Arquette connection for this week. Okay. I, love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's hilarious. Mm. Mike, right. Crystal, do y'all have any fun facts? Are we jump into the rating? Uh, y'all said them while I was, or, or, or y'all said one of uh, the one I had a, about that. So yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I All think right. I said them throughout the whole thing when we were yeah. talking. So. All right, Crystal, this was your movie pick. Do you want to go first or last? Last. Okay. Who wants to go first? I kind of want to know what Mike's going to shit on it. I already know. I'm kind of curious what Dustin wants to know or I'll has go. to say. I'm not going to shit on it. <laughs> my, man, my man doesn't change his rating. <laughs> no, I haven't changed my rating. My rating is the same, I promise. So, uh, we'll go least favorite kill was Michael because, like I said, why the hell are you sneaking up in an empty house like that and scared your fiance, your girlfriend, whatever? You deserve to die, you creepy asshole. Um my favorite death was Kaylee's just because uh, it was so well done and it was so tragic that it really drove the sadness and sorrow of this final scene home. Even though, you know, Mr. Brains over here says that he saw it coming. I didn't. <laughs> and <Sorry. laughs> and I, I thought it was well done because, you know, you see it from his point of view. There's no one standing in front of the mirror. I'm going to end it. I'm going to do it. And he kills her. Uh for the rating, I had an initial rating, and then I rewatched it today, and I, uh, I upped it by a point and a half. So I actually gave this movie a six, and it's something that I would watch again. Like you said, it's not a short film necessarily, so I don't know that I would be in a hurry to watch again, but I wouldn't turn the channel if it came on. I, it entertained me, and it keeps your attention because you have to give it that much attention to do. So I gave it a six. All right, I'll go next. Favorite kill, I agree with you, Dustin, was Kaylee. I just wrote it was very unexpected. I didn't see the ending coming the first time I watched it. My least favorite, I picked the mom, Marie. Mm-hmm. It was just a couple of gunshots. And I I felt I felt bad for her in this movie, honestly. Yeah, me too. Uh, my rating is in 8.5. Uh, the cons of this movie to me are the flashbacks are constant and confusing at times. And there's also not a lot of backstory on the mirror. My pros, there's not a lot of backstory on the mirror. <laughs> uh, we don't have a lot of back. All right, Michael. All right, Mike. Don't, don't, don't jump through the screen whenever I say this. 
We don't have a lot of backstory on Michael Myers. He's just evil. And I looked at this movie the same way. I love way, that. To an extent. This is unique, and I really enjoy it every time. The acting is great. The slip into madness with both parents is great. The ending was, oh shit, worthy the first time I watched it. Uh, the ending with Tim yelling, it's the mirror after killing Kaylee is very powerful and emotional. And I really, I just really like this movie. It's very interesting and it's new and it's different. I like it. Brian, okay. Mike, who wants to go next? I'll go next. To, I have a little flow here. Okay. By the way, I love the non-backstory Michael Myers. So you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir on that, brother. Uh, that actually I was just, is I, right. I was just Until curious. Was like, don't you compare this to Halloween? <laughs> I'm not. Well, now that's where we're going to get for quite a bit. But I, uh, I, hey, I like that part of Michael Myers. I don't like the Cult of Thorn shit at all. So anyway, um, okay. My favorite kill is Kaylee. Really well done. Love the gore. Uh, I, there's a part of me that almost likes that the mirror didn't break. It's just like a, a statement by the mirror. So, like, I'm a little torn on it. Like, it would have been a good thing, but I kind of, it kind of works with the kill a little bit. Um, my least favorite is the mom. A couple gunshots, like Nico said. So nothing. Just needs that there. Um, okay. So as far as keeping my interest, this movie does. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that I was ever bored. But I'm confused more than I'm entertained. And, yeah, I'm a dummy. Like I, So maybe that's what it is. But it, there's just a little too much going on, and it is long for what it's trying to do. If you're going to be that long, I want character development. More, more within the story of of the characters and we just don't get it i'm fine not getting the mirror that's fine i like it i like a motiveless killer like that's totally fine with me it's everything else is just kind of rushed in the last probably 40 minutes of the movie the first hour is a slow burn and then it's like boom it comes in with a gut punch so again i don't hate the movie but i feel like sometimes like i said earlier the mirror, oh, the mirror did it, is a kind of a substitute for plot holes, and I'm not a fan of that, okay? It, it, I mean, that's just the way that I took it. If I have a question, oh, the mirror did it. Well, the mirror's doing everything. Like, I don't know. It, it didn't work for me in that way, uh, and I already came out and said this isn't my kind of movie, but I, I do like the acting. The, I love Mike Flanagan. Like, I think he's a great director. I love Haunting a Hill House. I love Hush. I love Gerald's game even. Like there is a lot of good Mike Flanagan out there. This is not my favorite. I think I've made that pretty clear. But it's not bad. So on my scale, not bad. It, I'm gonna go five and a half. Five point five. You thought I was going lower? Come on, man. <laughs> oh, that would be Jason Takes Manhattan. That'll be the I lowest. I swear Manhattan. to God. Anyway. <laughs> does move. We'll, we'll we'll battle them one day with that. I will rewatch yep. this though. We will. I'm gonna have to to get everything. I think so. I will rewatch it. Go ahead, Brian. All right. So again, you know, to me, it's a, such a it's a simple idea, but I love a ton of aspects of this. Um, you know, to me, there's there's not a, a whole lot of negatives. Um, you know, like I said in in the summary earlier, you know, there's a lot of flashbacks. I, I think they could have cut. Um, but really, I, you know, I love how you can, especially I love how you can look at this as 
two different movies. I mean, you can believe that it's just a possession movie where none of the mirror stuff is really happening and these people are just crazy and, you know, Amityville type going crazy. Um, or you can believe that the, the, the possession and the mirror type, and you can kind of really give arguments both ways. And I think they left it, you know, open like that for, for a reason. And I really like that. Um, acting's amazing. Soundtrack's amazing. Um, you know, my best kill is definitely Kaylee as well, but, uh, my worst, my worst kill is, is Michael, but it's because of the, uh, the fact that I just don't care about him. You know, there wasn't enough character development for him and, and that was, he was just kind of a throwaway character. And so that, that was why he was my least favorite kill. Um, and my rating for this one uh, is an eight. My man. <laughs> I like the balance. The balance is good. This is good balance. <laughs> Um, so I like this film a lot, obviously. I feel like Mike Flanagan really answered the question that we all have when we watch a horror movie, which is, why don't they just go outside? Why don't they just call the cops? And he did that. And he said, here, I'm going to have you, the characters, get out of the haunted place. I'm going to have them call the police for help. And then you're going to see that, you know, it was all kind of messed up when they actually did that. So it's like, oh, okay. Um... I do like the fact that they used an inanimate object in this film to create the suspense of horror. Um, I think it's something that is much scarier than a demonic possession or things like that because an inanimate object does not need to act. But you, mirrors have always scared me. Mirrors, anything with a sheet over its head, um, and anything with your nails. So obviously this film... You know, Mike Flanagan was just like, let me make a film that's going to scare type of people like me. Um, I really didn't. So my, I think I have to agree with Brian on both of the things that he said. But I didn't really care about the fiance. It was whatever. Um, you know, I mean, I guess you could say like the dog, but we never know, really knows what, what happened to the dog because it's never explained. I think it would, <laughs> it would have been funny, not funny, but like if you see like the lineup at the end, it's like all the demons and then it like pans down and then you see the dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'd have to say, um, my favorite would probably be, um, you know, Kaylee too, just because I was not expecting that to happen at all. I think as it ticked down to the last few seconds of it and we saw her reach out and hug her mom, that's when it was kind of like, oh, she's in front of the mirror. Oh, Tim's going to pull the kill switch. And then I sort of started getting it. But I was confused the whole time I was watching this film, but not in a bad way. Definitely not in a bad way. Um, I wanted to know as soon, I think my favorite scene is when they play the video back and they see that they're actually picking up the cameras and facing them towards each other. I think that's one of my favorite scenes. I think that's when I realized that, oh shit, this film is going to be trippy. Because when you first start watching that scene, they're just talking back and forth to each other like normal. But then when they play that back, you see that they're actually moving things. And I think that's where it started to go up a couple levels for me. I'd probably give this film an eight, just like Brian. Um, There definitely were some things that I didn't like about it. Like, I didn't like the fact that all of a sudden the mom just becomes an animal who eats plates. Didn't like that. Um, I didn't really like... I I liked how... 
they sort of brought it all together in the end. And we see like when you, when Tim was looking outside or looking back to the, towards the house, he did see his sister. I honestly agree with Dustin too. I would love to see a sequel to this film. I really would. I would be I in think, on one too. Actually. Yeah. I would really Despite love what to I said. Yeah, I would love to see a sequel to this film. Um, but then, as I said before, the next uh, person that would be killing people or manipulating people would be Kaylee. So, like, I don't really know how that would work. I don't know if I would like to see that. But I think that it would be interesting to see it, see, give it some more knowledge. Because um, whenever I watch a film like this, I always want to know more. Like, what happened to right. Tim? What's he doing? Right. Did he go to Did he go to jail? Because they played the video back and it looked like he killed his sister. So mm-hmm. is he just in jail now? Like, what's going on? Did he get sent back to this to the mental institution? Um, so I think that I really enjoyed this film. Like I said, there definitely could have been things that would have made it a little bit better. But I applaud it because it's different than a lot of the other films we've seen. Because there's a lot of films that start with something being in an, a, you know, possessor and an inanimate object like a Ouija board or right. a butt or a button, right. <laughs> um, you know, things like that. So um, I would like to see a sequel. I don't think they're going to make one, but it would be cool to see one. I agree. I rarely, so I rarely Rob feel Zombie, that way, Rob but I Zombie's agree. Gonna write a sequel with a no, damn it, Nico! I swear on everything. I'm, I'm <laughs> on the way to Tallahassee. I don't think I'm, he will. Mike Flanagan and Rob Zombie are so different. They're, they're, I don't think that. I don't think. I think it would be silly if Rob. I'm on my way to Tallahassee that. right now. <laughs> Let's go, brother. Let's but we, uh, so, so as a. As as a composite, that means that we collectively give this movie a seven point two. So sorry to drag it down. Doesn't mean I didn't like it. I, I just didn't like it as much as everyone else. That's all. Hey, seven point two. That's 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 good for us. Yeah. See, the only reason the only reason I wouldn't have liked a sequel is because what I like about this movie is that you could, like I said, explain it away and say that they were just crazy and it wasn't paranormal whatsoever. But if they did do a sequel. It was definitely paranormal, and I think I would have drugged me down a little bit. I really like how you can, you know, you can go and look, and I mean, I've seen it, you know, done a couple of times. Like every single thing is explained away, just like they were crazy or they were remembering it wrong, or the way Tim remembered it, you know, with the dog really getting taken to the vet and not sucked into the mirror, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, were they? Was it really? Was it really just them? You know, maybe being crazy, or what? As a crazy family, or was it? you know, paranormal. And I think that would, that would just take it away from me. That's all. Um, and I, I think it would, uh, I like the openness, I guess. Of yeah. I'm, I'm with you, Brian, not, and I'm not disagreeing. It's a disagree with everybody else, but sometimes some movies just need to be by itself and uh, I mean, just I, I, let I, it be what it is. I I'm with you on that. Cause I don't know how they do a sequel to where it's, it takes all the mystery out of it. And I, I like the mystery yeah. of it. Two, two things right. I wanted to say before we get out of here. Um, Big shout out to Karen Gillan. I was watching, uh, <laughs> I watched the two Jumanji movies recently, and I was watching uh, some YouTube videos of their interviews and all that. And I had no idea she's Scottish, and she had a really thick accent. So she, her acting is incredible. Right. I have to give yeah, her huge right. props. She, I don't know how, I, I can't even hide my redneck accent. How she can hide her <laughs> Scottish accent is impressive. Um, and I want to give a big shout out to a YouTuber I watch. His name is Found Flicks. He brought up a good point. He's like, this mirror is weird how it possesses people. The dad just becomes, you know, a lost-minded dad, and then the mom becomes an animal and a dog and all that. Who it attacks their kids. It people differently. 
Right. Yeah, it, it's just it's funny how the mirror just chooses how it attacks people and possesses people. I just I wanted to give a shout out. I thought it was kind of funny. Anybody got any other final thoughts before we jump out of here? I do nope. think it could be a mini series instead of a sequel because we saw Mike Flanagan make a really cool series in Haunting of the Hill House. I think same <clears> kind <throat> of style would actually be really fun, but I know it won't happen. Just a thought though. Oh yeah. Crystal, uh, really glad you picked this movie and glad you joined us. You're always a great guest. Absolutely. Uh, do you got any final thoughts before you get out of here? You want to plug your show? and Kenny Yeah, Kenny? so uh, you guys can find me on any podcast um, featured uh, app at Horror Nights and Podcast. Um, pretty much the same across all platforms, Instagram. Um, also Twitter at Horror Daddies R Us. I also have YouTube channel. Everything, just search Horror Nights and Podcasts and you will see my face and you can click on it. So that's it. Go. Thank you so much for having me on again, guys. It was Thank fun. you. Anytime. Oh, yeah. Anytime. We'll, we'll do it again soon. I uh, yeah. just want to give a shout out to next week. We're going to actually be doing another guest episode with the two ladies from the Don't Fuck With The Original podcast. We're going to be reviewing, uh, her name is Chucky Side Chick, so we decided to pick a Chucky movie, Child's Play 2. <laughs> the best one in the franchise, may I, I add. I, I uh, agree. Disagree. Disagree. Can't oh, have fun. She knows everything about the Chucky series, so she will take you to the ring. <laughs> it's probably, probably going to end up being me and her versus everybody else in life. I like, yeah, Child, I like Child's Play 2, okay. Yeah, because Mike, Mike's favorite is Colt. Everybody knows that. Shut so. the fuck up, dude. I want to. <laughs> Ew. I'm going to come out and say it on this show, so I'm going to say it next week. That is one of the worst fucking pieces of garbage I have ever seen. Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> I hate Colt and Chucky. Anyway, Chris, so we really enjoyed you joining us. We'll definitely have you out on again soon. And y'all have a good night. Hope y'all like this review. And I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out there. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.